So th- this man, we're going to be learning a new sefer. We, we did it in yeshiva, I think, uh, four years ago. We learned Derech Hashem. Um, I don't know if any of you have or haven't learned yet, ha- have or haven't learned Derech Hashem. But if you haven't, you should have. And if, since you, it's so, so this is the opportunity. Derech Hashem is, at this point in history, the most organized and comprehensive safer on Hashkafas HaTorah, and how, to wor- how Hashem runs the world, and why we should do what we do, and to understand the world. Most of the time when Yeshiva Bacham are faced with Hashkafa question, they say, I think I once heard somewhere this, and I think I once heard somewhere that. And that's probably true. They once heard something this, and they once heard something that. But that's not the proper way to, to learn Hashkafa. Hashkafa should be a sugya, that you understand well. And this sefer is, the, I, I, in my opinion, the best sefer to base it on. And therefore, everyone should learn it inside. Everyone should buy a Derech Hashem, this volume, this one in English, from the Torah Classics Library. We're going to learn it straight from the English because the, he- the Hebrew is very difficult and to translate back and forth won't add much and will impede the flow of the year. So I'm going, to, I'm going to read straight from the English. It is good on your own to read the Hebrew because there is always something to pick up in the Hebrew. But we're going to read straight from the English. Everyone should try to buy their own and there's a safer issue be kind of, which means a safer you should know well. Meaning, at this point in my life I've learned it at least, I don't know, eight, nine times. It's a safer that, again, it's, it's the basis, it's, it's a systematic approach to Ashkafa, which there's really very few others for him that do that. The Rambam does it, in, Rambam does it in certain sugyas in Ashkafa, but not in from beginning to end like the Derech Hashem does. The Derech Hashem is in the Hakdama is going to talk about a whole system of logic, and the Hakdama doesn't talk about much about what the safer is about. What he's going to talk about is the system of how to understand things and why everything Derech Hashem one step leads to another. That's how Derech Hashem is set up. This prompts this. I mean, that's how from the beginning to end everything is, is you understand one thing and therefore you understand that the next thing has to be. And that's the setup of the whole Sefer from the beginning of the end to understanding the Hashem's world. Um, so at this point, it's the beginning of Tishrei, Shredish Tishrei, which is a, the beginning of our movement away from Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Sukkot. I did it so many times that Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Sukkot is the time, hopefully, we felt very close to Hashem and most involved with Yiddishkeit and Abbas Hashem and Yiddish Hashem, and we, we're, 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 we're full-time over Hashem. And then we have to sort of, now, there's no, you know, we got the long, dark winter. And the avoida is to keep this inspiration, which will automatically dissipate over time. But to try as hard as we can that it should dissipate as least as we can make it. It will dissipate. We will feel at the end of the summer further removed from Hashem because we're further away from this time. But nevertheless, it should be minimal. That's the goal. How do we do that? So a very important idea, also mentioned many times, we say is that everything in this world deteriorates. Everything. People, rocks, inspiration, and everything in between. Everything deteriorates. 
a rack over time disintegrates. Inspiration dissipates very quickly. So if that's true, how do we keep our inspiration alive? We feel connected to Hashem. How do we keep that inspiration going? Yaakov, what do you think? Very good. The first thing is to use Hashem's tools that he, that he gave us to keep us connected, which is three times a day davening. You, but don't just mumble the words, then you didn't do anything. You tried to connect with Hashem. So use the tools that Hashem gave us as a way to stay connected. Make the davening real. Say Shema. Learning. But more specifically to answer my question, which is to how to keep inspiration alive if it automatically dissipates. Right? Anyone ever inspired and then did what felt just as inspired three days later? There's no such thing. So you're not you're not different than anybody else. That is the that is the metzias of inspiration. Again, even racks disintegrate. Everything in this world, Hashem made it. Everything in this world deteriorates, particularly things that aren't rack solid, like inspiration. So the way to keep it alive is to put it now when we feel inspired and feel connected put something into our systems, our daily systems, that will keep on inspiring us. Meaning, don't, yes, we're inspired today. So it's amazing. Hopefully inspired today. But if you're inspired today, right? So then you, now take that inspiration and don't say, okay, therefore I'm going to be inspired tomorrow. Because you won't be. What you do is, now that I'm inspired, let me put into my daily schedule or daily, something that will keep that inspiration alive. Whatever that is. That should be an added, let's say, if davening inspires me, so let me put into my schedule now for the year a five-minute seder to understand davening. If learning inspires me, let me put in a five-minute seder to understand why, what learning is supposed to do for me. If, and... Add on to my learning. Let me cobble now. Let me speak to my chavrusa, but let me hold myself responsible that when I learn, I don't schmooze by learning. Do things now that hold yourself accountable for the future. Keep the inspiration going by now when you're inspired, putting something into yourself that will constantly inspire you. That's the, that's the only way to keep the inspiration going. By making yourself, using the inspiration to do something that will in the future constantly inspire you. Because the rest, the inspiration will, will dissipate, and there's no way around that. And again, no matter what part of Torah we enjoy, some people learn halacha, some people learn hashkafa, some people learn chasidus, some people learn kabbalah, some like bi'in, some like bikiyah, some like ionka, whatever you want to call it, doesn't make a difference. Right? You find your parts, there's certain parts you have to do, and certain parts you do it, you're, but then put in, but even if you feel inspired by those things now, it won't always inspire you unless you put it into your system. Well, I, mean, I mean into your system, into your schedule. Things, a way that you will constantly be inspired by that. So try to think of that today. How will I take, to, what will I put into my schedule that will keep me alive and connected to Hashem throughout the year that I come around to Hashem this year? I stayed inspired most of the year. I'm not holding the same place. You will not be holding the same place as you felt on the end of the summer, you will not be home in the same place, or highly likely, you will not be home in the same place that you felt on Bani'ila. But you'll be holding, hopefully, in a much higher place than you felt in the relative to your Ni'ila and the end of summer last year, 
of Yuni'ila and, and, and the summer this year. That's the goal. So let's all try to do that. Um, Rishchidosh is also one of the tools that Hashem gave us to inspire us. Rishchidosh is a newsman. It's a schachis. It's a time for tshuva. We're going to put in some effort to do tshuva today and to inspire ourselves to do things that can keep us alive spiritually. And for every person, something else. Okay, let's go on to, 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 to talk about the, the Derech Hashem again. The, like we said, Derech Hashem is a comprehensive Sefer, and he's going to talk about, in, in, in the introduction, he's going to talk about how he looks at logic and how he, which is the, the system he used to write the Sefer. Again, please, everyone should buy the, the Sefer you should own. Buy this volume. And uh, there's just one more here right now. And, uh, and, and so you should know it inside. And when someone says something, so someone says something hashkafically oh. stupid, and you, instead of being able to say, but I once heard, I think my Rebbe once said uh, something not like that, you say, what do you mean? Let me show you that you're wrong. Or let me show you that you're right. That you, you'll be able to find, you'll be able to find the idea and you'll know where it is. It's a safe again. You should learn many times. And Chazaret, it's very systematic. So if you review it a few times, you should be able to know what, to ha- how to find things in the safer. So let's talk about the Ramchal. The Ramchal was born in 1707 and lived a mere 40 years. In that time, he wrote many, many svarim. Many of them are not in our hands anymore. And there's, I would say, three that are his main svarim. And there are three different levels of Torah. There's the Mesir Shisharim, Derech Hashem, and Klach Peschechachma. Those are the three main Tzvarim that we have from the Ramchal today. That you, I'm sorry, um, the, the, the Das Tfunis and then Klach Peschechachma. So the, the Klach Peschechachma is different than the other three. Because Klach Peschechachma is an introduction, a systematic approach to Kabbalah. In contrast to the other three, where Kabbalistic terms are not mentioned. Now, interestingly, the the Derech Hashem system of Ashkafa is not the same as previous systems, like some differences of the Rambam and the Psadjigay and Munavideist, who wrote systematic approaches to Ashkafa, and that many of those people had no exposure to Kabbalah. Some Rishayim did, again, I'm not going to go into that whole sugi, one spoke about it when the Zayar was discovered, but besides for the Zayar itself, which came after the Zaman of most Rishayim, of many of the early Rishayim, but there was a Kabbalah that was a Messiah handed down of the secrets of the Torah, which some Rishayim had, like the Ramban, who quotes all the time, and some Rishayim very clearly didn't have, like the Chinuch, who says many times, if you want to know this, ask the people who know Kabbalah, not me. Not me, it doesn't say, but that's, I don't know, meaning clearly didn't have that system. The Rambam, I've heard some people try to say it does, but it's pretty clear that he had no connection and no Masaira of the Kabbalistic secrets that we have that were, again, discovered in the Zayah and that had been passed down to many Rishayim, but were not the Rambam or Psad Yagoyim from the Goyim didn't have them, them either. But nevertheless, the Masaira that was in the Skabal, that was accepted by Klai at this point in history is the Masaira of the Derech Hashem which is also, again, which is based in Kabbalah, not only Kabbalah, but at Kabbalah as well. The system of Ashkafa, which has become accepted by Koltfusa Zahares and Klai Yisrael, is the system of Derech Hashem. 
the Kabbalah-based system. Now, the Hashem, when he, the Rambam, when he was fourteen, was known to have learned chas and poskim and knew everything about that. He was a goy nifla. Um, then, and he started. He writes at I think at the age of, at the end of, age of seventeen, he gathered a group that was makabel only to serve Hashem and not do anything else. At the age of twenty, he writes in one of his svarim that he started conversing with. A magid, malachim, Mahaya goes through the whole system what he heard, and he learned a lot of secrets, and he wrote many svarim based on the secrets that he heard from intermediaries with the Rebbeinu The Ramchal, at a certain point, was kept as he lived in Padua, I think that's how to pronounce it. It's a city still in Italy, near uh, Venice, which was a larger Jewish community, the Venice ghetto, if anyone's ever been there. But Padua also has, still has, I think, uh, a few shuls that are still around. A few very old historical shuls. And he was born there and he was sort of kept a small private group. At a certain point, Chagiz, who was found out, that was, was told on. At that point in history, there was a still a big fight against uh, false Mashiachs like Shabzitzvi, and Kleisrol had been very hurt by those false Mashiachs, which had been all been based on sort of the misinterpretation of Kabbalah. So when Chagiz heard about what Ramchal was doing, he didn't know about him, he thought, how could it be such a young person telling secrets from, from a maggot? And he went out in an all-out fight against him. And again, there's, there's a lot of history there, you can look it up. But the, the Ramchal at that point was Makabal in front of Bez, never to write any swarm from between that, 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 the, the, that, between, uh, that were conversations between him and the Magad. And he had already many large forum and they seem to have been buried. We have a few excerpts here and there from them, but in general, those forum we don't have anymore. Then he continued, and he wrote the Sefer, Klach Peschei Chochma, and Das Tfunas, I think we wrote in that period as well. Again, after many years, he was attacked again, and he was sort of, I don't know, again, the whole historical story, but he was Again, macabre in front of Bezin, not to write, not to teach anything Kabbalah-based. And from there, at that time in history, we will get his two most famous svarim, which is Derech Hashem and the Messiah Shishon. So, in a certain way, the Bereshit Hashem sort of set it up that way. Klaisal seemed to have not been ready for his svarim from the Magad, those svarim were not there, were not used. Then he wrote Klach Pesachachom, which is a very used safer from those who learn Kabbalah. Um, could buy it in the store. It's a good safer to, to, to learn at some point. And it's, again, it's an introduction of a systematic approach to Kabbalah with Kabbalistic terms in it. That's a, it's an introduction to Kabbalah. And then in the later period, when Kleistro, which is much more used, which is the safer, again, Das Tfunas, and was written the, the second period, the third period, was the Mesut Shisharim and Derech Hashem. Derech Hashem, again, is also a Kabbalah-based Hashkafic safer, but Kabbalistic terms are not used. So that was, the, was one of the great chedushim of the Ramchal. He was able to take the Kabbalah ideas and put it into sort of, in a certain way, rational and regular speech. A lot of Kabbalah comes sound stranger to people because they don't know the terminology used. But Ramchal had the ability to take those ideas and, and bring them down into more... Um, Less esoteric to make them less esoteric and more uh, graspable, and that's not a word. But uh, 
a more um, huh? We'll go with it. We'll go with it. Fine. Um, so so uh, that that's uh, so and again like his most famous sefer is the Mesiyus Yisharim, which is not a Kabbalah based sefer really. The the second one is the Derech Hashem, which we learn now is a Kabbalah based, but there's no Kabbalistic terms used. Das Tfunis is a very similar sefer to Derech Hashem, just on a higher level of Kabbalah, but also without a, a more a, a deeper understanding of the term of the ideas that he says in Derech Hashem. But also without Kabbalistic terms, and the Klach Pasei Chachma is a safer introduction to Kabbalah. He wrote many other sverms, many of them we have, and most and many other ones we don't have anymore. So Ramchal was a was a very was a, like many people in history throughout his life. He battled a lot of battles. Eventually moved to Yisro for a few years, and then he was Nifter, and they say he's buried next to Rebekiva in Tveria, um, but. He battled many battles of life, and there was a lot of controversy. But shortly after that, he became a very accepted and mainstream by Klai Yisrael. Famous idea from the Goyen, who said that if he would have, if the, if the, the Goyen lived one generation after Ramchal, that if he would have, if Ramchal would have lived, been living, he would have went to him to learn Torah on his feet. He said he had the greatest understanding of Torah, I think, I don't since I forgot who he said, somebody, but again, he was very incredible, and he still is, and again, probably the most, so, not just learn, but you should know, to say for every, every from you should know. So let's learn a couple minutes inside from the Hakdama. Again, the Hakdama does not discuss, till the end of the Hakdama, it does not discuss the, the, the Sefer itself, it discusses he was a Talmud of Yitzchak, an attorney. He was a sefer called Pachat Yitzchak, who's as a, which is a encyclopedia, the first encyclopedia of Hashas. But uh, so it's also a systematic approach. It's not clear where he learned this, but uh, also could be that from sort of he saw Hashem directing him, sort of away from the more esoteric understanding and writings of his earlier writings to a more uh, graspable uh, way of writing and a way that we can that that more people can understand and that our generation is able to understand it. It's also fascinating that most many Ashkafik Swam, I'm going to name many Ashkafik early generations, if you learn now, I mean, there are like Amadeus and Vukham, it's not super late, really, not other people's generation. It's hard to understand, it's harder to understand their questions and their answers, but to what was bothering them. It's important to learn, but as a contrast, Hashem would have been written today. It very clearly addresses our question in the world. It's not a good legal rebellion. One knows a number of things and understands how they are categorized and systematically interrelated. Then he has a great advantage over one who has the same knowledge without such distinction. Very much like the difference between looking well arranged garden, plant, rose, and matter, and the wide grass growing fish. When it's visible for men, the land of the related true lesson of the system, there's an interpretation. Each detail will arouse his curiosity, but not having access to the concept as a whole, he will remain frustrated. If one wishes to understand something, it's therefore very important that he become aware of other things associated with it, as well as its place among them. Without this, one's longing for truth will be frustrated and will be pained by his unsatisfied desire. The exact opposite is true when one knows something in relation to its context. Since he sees it within its framework, he can go on to grasp other concepts associated with it, and his success will bring him pleasure and elation. This is a very important thing and sometimes missing from in understanding of Gemara as well. Right? If you see, the, when's the last time anyone's here been by a botanical gardens? Never? 
Oh, right? They're beautiful, right? It's, okay, and how about you go to, go to a wild forest that has beautiful flowers. Is that beautiful as well? Yeah. But it's different. Very different, right? One is arranged, right? A, 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 a beautiful garden is arranged that colors contrast and colors and, and, and some flowers lead into another and bushes are arranged as, as background, background for other colors, right? It's arranged and you understand the connection between the two. In contrast to a forest, it looks beautiful, but it's a different look, right? Gemara also, sometimes you, 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 when you, when you first thing, when you learn halacha in the Mishnah, how many halachas does it say in the Mishnah? What's the source of every halacha? Everything you have to, if you don't, if you just know random information and just sort of like get it halfway, then as we always say, when you know something 75%, you know around nothing because it doesn't get you anywhere, right? If you know 75%, how to fix a pipe, Menachem. Should you fix it? No, because no, it's probably 25% going to break, right? Right, but, uh, but 99 maybe. But, you know, but, uh, but, but the point is, it's not really, not, if you know it in 75%, it's not going to last 75% of the time because you don't know how to do it, right? So when you learn a Gemara and you know it, almost, I think I got it, right? And then someone asks you to say it over, you're like, uh, what I just, I don't know. Then you know nothing. So then, you don't have any satisfaction without learning, and you don't want to learn the next day. It's better to learn one thing well than a hundred things not well. But you have to know the context, how it relates to everything else in the page, what Gemara is in totality, what the source of every halacha is. Every time you learn halacha, every time your Rebbe says something, you know what you should say? Say, how do you know that? No, everything, everything the Gemara, when the, everything the Gemara says. You say, how do you know that? What's the source? What's, what, where, where, where is it coming from? That's, that's just one basic idea behind in the context of something, how it relates to something else. So Derech Hashem, that's the, again, it's saying the idea of to understand something. We don't just sort of have some wild, some hashkafic ideas floating around our head. We have to understand the, 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 the setup of all the way Hashem created the world and it's every concept relative to any, every other concept. And then we have a clear understanding of it. So we'll, we'll continue tomorrow this idea. Shalom Aleichem, this is Menachem Weinberg. These Yorum were given in Yeshivas Ahavas Atorah, Cleveland. For more information, visit yeshivasahavasatorah.org. Thank you.